اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم لسن نمبر 52 سورہ آل عمران آیہ 169-185 وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتًا And never think of those who have been killed in the cause of Allah as dead. Never think that they are dead. Then what are they? بَلْ أَحْيَا Rather they are alive. عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ Near their Lord. يُرْزَقُونَ They are given provision. They are receiving provision. They are made to eat. They are made to drink. They are made to enjoy. But they were killed. They died at the battle of Uhud. Allah says, Never think. لا تحسبن from حاسين با. And notice the noon with the shadda. That never, ever think like this. Never assume that those who are killed, how? In the way of Allah. What does it mean by this? Those who are killed in the way of Allah. Meaning those who are killed when they go out to fight for the cause of Allah. They're not fighting to show their bravery. They're not fighting just because they can fight. They're not fighting for nationalism. No, they're fighting for the cause of Allah in defense of the religion of Allah. In order to proclaim the religion in order to make it the greatest. So those who die in this cause, Allah says, don't consider them to be amwat, plural of mayyit. Meaning, don't consider them to be dead the way others are dead. Because those who die in the way of Allah, when they die, their death, what they experience afterwards is very different from the death that is experienced by others who are not in the way of Allah. When it comes to death, we think of it as termination, the end of happiness, the end of joy, the end of experiencing life. That the person can no longer eat, the person can no longer drink, the person can no longer enjoy, they can no longer communicate. And this is true, because the person can no longer live in this dunya. His body may be there, but he does not know who's there, if you give them food, they cannot eat it. If you hit them, they don't feel the pain. If you try to touch them comfortably, they don't feel that comfort. Yes, this is true in the worldly sense. But when it comes to those who die in the way of Allah, Allah calls them ahya. Doesn't mean they're living in their graves? No. What it means is that they are still living and enjoying and experiencing. Not here on this earth, but somewhere else. And where is that? In the barzakh. What is the barzakh? The state that the soul is in from after departure from this world until the coming of the day of judgment. Everyone who dies goes into the barzakh, the righteous and the evil. But those who die in the way of Allah, they experience In the barzakh, what? Joy and happiness. So basically, they're not missing out on the fun that one can have in this world. No. They're still having fun in the barzakh. And in fact, they're having much more fun. They're much more happier over there. Bal ahya. This is why Allah says they're alive. Inda rabbihim yurzaqoon. Near their Lord, they are given provision. Umar bin Jamuh, radiallahu anhu, 
was a companion who had a lame leg, meaning one leg was not functional. So he would walk with on the support of basically one leg. At the battle of Uhud, his four sons, they got ready to participate in the battle. And when he saw that his sons were going, he said, I want to go too. But the son said that no, you should not go because Allah has excused you. You are physically disabled. You are old of age. Allah has excused you. You do not need to go. You should stay at home. Amr bin Jamuh went to the Prophet ﷺ and said, My sons are not letting me go. I wish to go. I want to go. And he said, I wish to enter Jannah on this one leg of mine. Just as I walk here limping, I want to enter Jannah in the same way. Amr bin Jamuh went to the battle of Uhud and he was killed. He died as a martyr. After the departure of the Quraysh from the battle of Uhud, from the field where the battle was fought, the Muslims, they descended from the mountain in order to identify those who were killed, in order to see the wounded, in order to tend to the wounded, and in order to take care of the bodies of those who had been killed. Zaid bin Sabit, he said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he sent me an Uhud to seek Sa'ad bin Ar-Rabir and said, when you see him, say, Peace be upon you from me. And say to him, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, says, How do you feel? Zaid said, I started wandering about, checking the killed, until I came across Sa'ad, when he was dying, with about 70 strokes or stabs of a sword, a spear and an arrow in his body. So I said, O Sa'ad, the Messenger of Allah sends you his greetings, and says, Peace be upon you. Tell me, how do you feel? Sa'ad said, and let peace be upon the Messenger of Allah too. Tell him, I smell the fragrance of paradise. The Sahaba came across Al-Usaydim, Amr bin Sabit, whom they had urged to embrace Islam before. They had asked him repeatedly, become a Muslim. But Amr, he refused. But they saw him in the battle, wounded on the verge of death. So they asked him, why have you come? Why did you come? Did you come to defend your people or did you come for the cause of Islam? He said, I came for the cause of Islam. I believe in Allah and in His Messenger. And I have fought with the Messenger of Allah till I have got what you see. And then he died. The people told the Prophet ﷺ about him. And hearing that, the Prophet said, He is one of the inhabitants of paradise although he had not offered even a single prayer. Because before coming to the battle, he had just embraced Islam. The Prophet ﷺ ordered that the martyrs of Uhud should be buried where they were killed. And he ordered that their bodies should not be washed, but they should be buried as they were after their armors and their leather clothes were taken off. And he would bury every two or three martyrs together in one grave. And even join two men in one garment because they had fallen short of the material that they could use to cover the dead. And he would say, who is the more learned of the Qur'an? And whoever was the more learned, he would commit him to the earth first. And he would say, I bear witness to those on the day of resurrection. He buried both Abdullah bin Umar bin Haram and Umar bin Al-Jamuh in one grave due to the affection that they used to have for one another. 
they could not find Hanzalah, his coffin. عنه, and they began looking for it. And then they found that it was dripping of water. It was wet. And water was dripping off of it. The Prophet ﷺ told the companions that the angels are washing him. He was shrouded and they saw that he was wet thoroughly. The water was falling off. So the Prophet ﷺ said, the angels are giving him a bath. Go ask his wife. And when they asked his wife, she confirmed that he was in the state of Janaba. And because of this reason, Hamdallah was known as Ghasilul Malaika, the one who was given a bath by the angels. Ibn Mas'ud anhu he said, We have never seen the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam weeping so much as he was for Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib. He put him in the direction of the Qibla, meaning his body, and then he stood at his funeral and sobbed his heart out. Who was Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib? The uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. Hamna bint Jahsh met the Prophet ﷺ on the way back to Medina. Because as the Muslims were going to Medina, the women were coming in to welcome them and to help them. So she met the Prophet ﷺ on the way back. And he told her of the death of her brother, Abdullah bin Jahsh. She said, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. I ask Allah's forgiveness. Then he told her, of the death of her uncle, Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib. She again said, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. And then he told her about the death of her husband, Mus'ab ibn Umair. And when she heard that, she cried. The Prophet ﷺ said, the woman's husband was extremely dear to her. And there are countless stories of the companions who passed away at the Battle of Uhud. The loss of 70 men from a community is not something small. And these 70 men were not single men. No. They were men who had wives. They were men who had children. They were men who had brothers, who had mothers, who had fathers. They were a part of the community. Imagine 70 people are killed from the same community. The entire community is shaken up. Even those who don't know them feel sorry for them. They feel the burden. They feel the sadness. If five people are killed, if one family is killed, the entire city is shaken up. Imagine 70 people were killed at the Battle of Uhud. And amongst them were great people like Hamza anhu. There were people like Mus'ab ibn Umayr, who was one of the Qur'an teachers of Medina. You know the Prophet ﷺ was still in Mecca. And he sent Mus'ab ibn Umayr to Medina, and he taught the Muslims the Qur'an. He was a Qur'an teacher. When they knew that he got killed, when they came to know that 70 of our people are killed, yes, it was the decree of Allah. They accepted it. But they were sad. They were grief-stricken. They were hurt. And it's only understandable. Allah revealed these verses. Don't think they are dead. Don't think they don't enjoy. Don't think they're missing out on the fun. No, they're in a much, much better place. بَلْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ They are provided by Allah. When someone dies, we wonder what state they're in. We wonder if Allah has forgiven them. We wonder what they're going through. These 70 men, 
Allah told their families, their wives, their mothers, their daughters, that your men are in a good place. بَلْ أَحْيَاءْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ Ibn Abbas narrated, the Prophet said, when your brothers were killed in the battle of Uhud, Allah cast their souls into green birds that frequent the rivers of Jannah. They eat of its fruit and they rest in lamps of gold hanging in the shadow of the arsh. When they found this pleasant food, when they found this drink and this comfort, they said, who will inform our brothers on our behalf that we are alive in Jannah and that we receive sustenance? If somehow our families could find out, Allah said, I will inform them. I will tell the people. I will tell your brothers and your sisters that you are in a good place. So Allah revealed these verses so that we don't pity them who have died in the cause of Allah. But rather we are proud of them. We are happy for them. In Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 154 also, Allah says, وَلَا تَقُولُوا Don't say, لِمَن يُقْتَلُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ For those who are killed in the way of Allah, that they are amwat. Don't say they're dead. بَلْ They're alive. But you don't know how they're alive. They are in the barzakh. They eat, they drink, they enjoy, they're comfortable, they're happy. How? You don't know. All you need to know is that farihina, they are rejoicing. They are extremely happy. They are cheerful. They're glad. They're delighted. Plural of the word farih. They're very happy. Bima atahum Allahum in fadlih. Because of what Allah has given them of His provision. Allah is giving them a lot of reward. And whatever He gives them, they are rejoicing because of that. In this dunya, no matter what we get, we still feel that we could get better. And we're unhappy. But in Jannah, the shuhada are given so much that they're happy. وَيَسْتَبْشِرُونَ And they receive good news. They rejoice. They celebrate. يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ is from istibshar, from bushra. That when a person receives good news, that he begins to celebrate. The joy, the happiness is visible on his face, all his skin. يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ They're celebrating. They're so happy. بِالَّذِينَ About those who لَمْ يَلْحَقُوا بِهِمْ Who have not yet met them. The shuhada. They are happy. About who? Those who have not yet joined them. يَلْحَقُوا is from لَمْ حَقَافْ لَحِقَ is to catch up with someone. To join someone. They're ahead of you and you join them. So those who have not yet joined them, meaning they're still alive in the world, min khalfihim, behind them, they rejoice, they're happy in Jannah, that Allah khawfun alayhim walahum yahzanun, that those behind them are not going to suffer from any fear, nor will they grieve. Meaning they're happy that those whom they have left behind are still on the right path. Because if they remain on the right path, then they will have no fear and they will have no grief. If someone dies, many times it happens that their family members, they get angry with Allah. And when they get angry with Allah, and as a result of that anger, they stop praying, they don't care about the commands of Allah, then you know what? That this news hurts the people who have gone ahead. It hurts 
their loved ones who have gone. Because their loved ones who have gone, they are given the news of those who are still in the world. And imagine, a father dies out of cancer, a painful death, and the son is so upset with the decree of Allah that he says, I'm not going to pray. The father, Allah sends to him the news that your son has disbelieved. What would be the state of that father? How sad he would be. But the martyrs, those brothers of theirs who remain on the right path, Allah gives them the good news that لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون. They shall have no fear, nor will they grieve. They are still on the right track, and they will join you very soon. Now, how is it that those in the barzakh come to know of those in the world that what's going on with them, their state? How? First of all, Allah subhanahu wa taala informs them. For example, the shuhada of Uhud. Allah informed them about the state of their brothers in the world. Because imagine, if there are so many of them, they meet each other in Jannah. Because like in the hadith, we learned that Allah has cast their souls into something like green birds. right? And they go in Jannah, they fly, they eat, they drink, they eat of the fruits of Jannah. As they meet one another, if they see someone absent, they wonder where they are. Are they in Illiyin or Sijin? So Allah tells them that this is where they are. They're still in the world. Or they're not in Illiyin. Instead they're in Sijin. And Sijin is a place where the souls of the wicked are. So those in the world, Allah tells them that they're still on the right track. And because of this good news, they become even more happy. Yastabishiruna. They rejoice. But if those who are left behind in the world, if they don't remain on the right track, then what kind of news will be given to their friends who have gone? Another way through which they come to know is that when someone joins them, you can say they update them. If a person dies in the year 2000, they don't know what's happening in the world because they can't see. They're in the barzakh. There's a barrier. Another person dies in the year 2005. Now the one who dies in the year 2005, he joins the one who died in 2000. Okay? Now their souls meet. And when they meet, the one who died in the year 2005, he updates the one who died in the year 2000, that this is what's happening with your sister, this is what happened with her, this is what happened with him. So as they come to know that this person is becoming more righteous, they're happier. And if they come to know that this person is going astray, then they are sad. In the barzakh, the righteous are rewarded and the sinful are punished. And you know that when you are rewarded, when you're enjoying, then the time goes by so quickly for you. Isn't it? But if you're being made to go through torture and pain, then every second is painful. Right? Now, the details of the life of al-barzakh, I'm not going to go into the details over here because this is not the topic that we're studying right now. The details you can find from other places. There are many books out there especially in Aqidah where you can find the details. But in summary, this is what we learned, that after death, there is barzakh, the righteous enjoy, the wicked suffer punishment. The righteous even, their level of enjoyment is different. The shuhada, what happens to them? They are in Jannah. Now this is not their ultimate reward. This is just like how Adam salam before he was sent to the world, he was sent to Jannah. Correct? But then... After the day of judgment, when he will be sent to Jannah, will it be the same place? Allahu A'lam, but where he went to before, that was not his final destination. 
Okay? Likewise, the shuhada, right now where they are in Jannah, that's not their final destination. The final destination for eternity will be after the day of judgment. And also remember that in the barzakh, it is only the soul okay, that experiences the joy. On the day of judgment, the body and the soul, they will be united. And the body will experience, the soul will experience. Then the soul will not be in the form of you know, a bird or something. It will be in the form that a person was in the world. Now we see here in this ayah that those who die in the cause of Allah, what do they want for others? What do they want for others? The best. They want that those behind them should also go in the way of Allah. And when they die, they die in Allah's cause. Why? Because they have experienced the great reward. They have seen how it is, what it is to die in the way of Allah, the generous reward of Allah, and they want the same for others. This is just like the man who is mentioned in Surah Yasin, that when he was killed by his people, it was said to him, قِيلَ دْخُلِ الْجَنَّةِ Enter Jannah. And he said, يَا لَيْتَ قَوْمِي يَعْلَمُونَ I wish my people could come to know. بِمَا غَفَرَ لِي رَبِّي وَجَعَلَنِي مِنَ الْمُكْرَمِينَ That how Allah has forgiven me and made me of those who are honored. يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ They rejoice. They celebrate. بِنِعْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ Of the blessing from Allah. وَفَضْلٍ And bounty. And remember, fadl is extra reward. Extra reward. So they are rejoicing with the blessings that Allah has given to them and the extra, the bonus that Allah is giving to them. And some have said this repetition over here is to emphasize the reward that they enjoy, the pleasure that they experience. But it's not just for emphasis, but to show that one is the reward that they are receiving right now. And the other is the reward that they will receive after the day of judgment. But the reward they will receive after the day of judgment, Allah informs them of it, Allah shows it to them from now, so that they have something to look forward to. And they're happier. This is just like the Prophet ﷺ was shown parts of Jannah when he was taken on Mi'raj. Right? He was shown parts of hellfire. People being punished, people being rewarded. He was shown all of that. So likewise, the shuhada, their souls, they are informed of the reward that they will get after the day of judgment. Because when you're told, this is what you're going to get, then don't you become even more happy? Don't you? You become even more happy. And when you are shown, this is the house that you will get. You know, if a woman is getting married, and the mother tells her, this is the dress that you're going to wear, or this is the dress that we're going to be looking for, something like this, then what happens? The girl cannot wait to put that outfit on. She cannot wait to put it on. She's excited about it. She's happy about it. If you know that you're going somewhere and you have your plane tickets, you see them again and again. And every time you see them, you're so happy. And you can't wait. So the people who have died in the way of Allah, Allah shows them, Allah tells them about the reward that they will receive afterwards. And when they are informed, يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ They're so happy. بِنِعْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ And why is this so? Because indeed Allah لَا يُضِعُوا He never wastes أَجْرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ The reward of the believers. 
Allah does not waste the reward of the believers. Someone who goes out in the way of Allah, someone who struggles for his cause, sacrifices for his cause, suffers in his way, Allah will not waste that reward. Allah will give that reward. When you work for a company, you're only rewarded for the hours that you put in, for the work that you produce. Are you rewarded for the headache that you're suffering? Are you rewarded for working late in the night? Are you rewarded for the party that you didn't go to? For the meal, for the lunch that you had quickly? No, you're not rewarded for that. But Allah, He doesn't just reward for the action that the person has done, but also the effort that the person has put in. And the sacrifice, the suffering that he has endured. So those who die in the way of Allah, they've sacrificed their lives, Allah will not deprive them of life. Those who sacrifice enjoyment, Allah will not deprive them of enjoyment. Those who sacrifice food, Allah will not deprive them of food. Those who sacrifice their time well spent with family and friends in relaxation, Allah will not deprive them of relaxation. Allah will give them the time to relax, to enjoy. But that will only be when a person struggles now. We learned that the munafiqeen, they stay back. Because they don't want to suffer. They don't want the difficulty. They're lazy people. They don't want to put in the effort. But a believer is not lazy. He is hard working. He doesn't make excuses. He does what he has to do. He fulfills his commitment. And when he does it, he suffers. He hurts. And Allah appreciates that. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Let's listen to the recitation and then we'll continue. الذين قالوا لإخوانهم وقعدوا لو أطاعونا ما قتلوا قل فادرؤوا عن أنفسكم الموت إن كنتم صادقين ولا تحسبن الذين قتلوا في سبيل الله أمواتا بل أحياء عند ربهم يرزقون فرحين بما آتاهم الله من فضله ويستبشرون ويستبشرون بالذين لم يلحقوا بهم خلفهم ألا خوف عليهم ألا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون يستبشرون بنعمة من الله وفضل وأن الله لا يضيع أجر المؤمنين The Prophet ﷺ said, Allah looks at the martyrs in Jannah. And he asks them, Do you wish for anything? They say, What more could we wish for? Well, we go wherever we wish in paradise. Allah asks them this question three times. And when they realize that He will keep asking them until they give an answer, they say, O Lord, we wish that our souls be returned to our bodies. 
so that we may die in your cause again. Because they have experienced the reward, the happiness, the pleasure, and they want to experience that again and again. Allah knows that they do not have any other wish, so then Allah lets them be. They're so happy, they don't want to come back to the world. They're so happy that every wish, every desire is being fulfilled. They're not missing out in this world at all. But what is it? It's the desire for comfort, for enjoyment, for relaxation that prevents us from going forth in the way of Allah. If you think about it, it's that desire to sleep an hour or two. It's that desire to go out to eat. It's that desire to sit with friends and have a good chat that keeps us away from doing what Allah wants us to do. But the fact is that in this world, no matter how much you indulge in your desires, you can never be satisfied. You can sleep for three hours and you would want to sleep more. You can relax for three hours, but you would want to relax. You can eat a meal and stretch the time as long as you want, but still you don't want it to end. Because the dunya is not the place of pleasure and enjoyment. The place to enjoy is the hereafter. So you have to give up something now to get the better later on. If you don't give it up now, you cannot get it later. We have to give up something right now. Life is not to enjoy, it is meant to work. Put an effort to strive. And when a person does that, only then he can rejoice in the hereafter. Alladina, those who istajabu lillahi, who responded to Allah, wal Rasul and the Messenger, min bardi after ma asabahum al qarh, after the wound, after the injury reached them. One group of the righteous were those who were gone already, those who died at the battle. And the other group of the righteous were those who were still behind them, who were soon going to meet those who had already gone. Those who were behind, the sahaba, the remaining sahaba, the remaining companions, how were they when they lost their friends? Did they give up? No, they did not give up. Did they become angry? No, they did not. Did they say, it's too dangerous to go out in the way of Allah? No. Instead, they went out in the way of Allah again and again. And especially when they were wounded, immediately after the battle of Uhud. So Allah praises them too. We learned that the Meccan army, when they departed from Uhud, they left. They were on their way to Mecca. Soon, they started blaming one another that we never brought any captives with us. We never really killed Muhammad wasallam. I mean, we killed so many of them, but we didn't really show our victory. We didn't really accomplish everything we wanted to. We left the Muslims there. When the Muslims gained victory over us, they took captives. We never took any captives. We never took any prisoners of war. So they started you know, arguing with one another. To the point that Abu Sufyan said, okay, let's go back. Let's go back to Medina and attack the Muslims and finish the Prophet ﷺ off and really establish our victory. The Prophet ﷺ, he heard this news. And 
the very next day of the battle, they had just returned to Medina, he decided the very next day to move out in pursuit of the retreating enemy. And this was the time when most of the Muslims were tired and wounded. You know the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba, they prayed the salah sitting down after the battle of Uhud. You know why they did that? Because they were exhausted, they were wounded, they could not get up, they could not stand and pray. This is how exhausted they were. The Muslims were tired and wounded. Some were walking, supporting themselves and others. But the Prophet ﷺ sent a person to announce that everybody who had been present in the battle of Uhud should get ready to pursue the enemy. And no one protested. No one refused. Rather, every Muslim who had fought at Uhud the day before followed the Prophet ﷺ on his way out of Medina in spite of his fatigue, in spite of his wounds. If we get hurt, how long of a break do we take? For a day, for two days, sometime a week, sometimes many, many weeks, sometimes months. We see that on the slightest of pain, we excuse ourselves from fulfilling our obligations. You know, sometimes it happens that someone is having menstrual cramps and because of that, they will not sit in class, they will sit at the back sipping on their tea and not bothering to pay attention in class at all. I'm not saying that you're not going through pain. You are going through pain. And I pity you. I understand what you're going through. I really do. But it doesn't mean that you neglect your duty. You don't fulfill your obligations. You can still sit at the back, drink your tea, have a hot water bottle with you or something, and pay attention to the class and take notes. Come on, is it as bad as Talha anhu whose fingers had been cut off? Is it as bad as having cuts and wounds all across your body? Is it as bad as having you know, stab marks on your body? After experiencing Uhud, it's not as bad as that at all. So the Sahaba, they got up in that very state, unable to walk some of them, supporting themselves and others, but they went. They did not stay behind because the Prophet ﷺ said, let's go, and they went. And they went all the way to a place called Hamra'ul Asad, which is about 13 kilometers from Medina. We can't even think about walking across from our room to the main door of the house if we're injured or wounded. They walked 13 kilometers in that state. When the Prophet ﷺ camped there with his followers, a man called Na'im al-Ibn Ashjari informed the Muslims about the plan of Abu Sufyan and his army. And he was kind of frightening the Muslims that look, Abu Sufyan is coming with the army to attack you. But the Sahaba, their reaction was, Hasbunallah, Allah is enough for us. We can do it. It's okay if they're coming, we can face them. Hasbunallah, Allah is enough for us. On the other hand, another man by the name of Ma'bad al-Khuzari, he was on his way from Medina to Mecca. And when he saw the Muslims camped at Hamra'ul Asad, he went to meet the Prophet ﷺ. And he expressed his sorrow, you know, for the Prophet ﷺ and for the loss of the Muslims suffered at Uhud. Some say that he became Muslim at that time. Others said that he did not become Muslim at that time. Allahu A'lam. But he was a sincere man. He was someone who was well-wishing towards the Muslims. So the Prophet ﷺ told him that when you go, when you see Abu Sufyan's army, then tell him that we are ready and waiting. We are equipped and we are ready to fight him. We are not afraid. And in a way, discourage him from coming. So this is what this man did. He went and he told them that Muslims are ready with their army 
and they are ready to face you. So Abu Sufyan, when he heard that, he decided to go back to Makkah. He said, it's okay. Because they had this fear of Muslims. They had this fear. They knew that the Muslims defeated them at Badr and they could never get over that shock. So even though they had nearly killed all the Muslims at Uhud, they still did not have the courage to go when they knew that the Muslims were ready to fight them. This was the bravery of the Muslims. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praising the Muslims over here. That الَّذِينَ اسْتَجَابُوا لِلَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ Those who responded to Allah and the Messenger مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا أَصَابَهُمُ الْقَرْحِ After they were wounded. Al-Qarh, wound, injury. From the root letters قَافْ رَحَى It is also said that this ayah was revealed concerning the second expedition to Badr. And what does that mean? We learned that when the mushrikeen prepared to depart from the field, from the battle of Uhud, before they left, Abu Sufyan went up to the mountain where the Prophet ﷺ was. He didn't go all the way, but halfway or somewhere, in order to speak to the Muslims. And he said, Is Muhammad among you? Now imagine the Muslims are hiding in the mountains, up on the mountains. And he said, Is Muhammad among you? They did not answer him. Then he asked, Is Ibn Abu Quhafa among you? Meaning Abu Bakr. They did not respond. Silence. He asked again, Is Umar among you? Silence. Because the Prophet ﷺ told them to remain quiet. Abu Sufyan said, As for those three, we have relieved you off. Meaning we have gotten rid of Muhammad ﷺ, Abu Bakr of Umar. At this Umar could not help himself. So he said, O enemy of Allah, those whom you have just mentioned, I tell you that they are still alive. Allah has maintained what you hate. Abu Sufyan answered, The mutilation of your killed is something I did not order, but it does not displease me either. Meaning your dead have been mutilated. I didn't tell the people to do it, but it's something that I don't mind. And then he shouted, Glory be to Hubal. Hubal was one of their idols. The Prophet ﷺ said to the Muslims, Why don't you reply? So they asked, what should we say? The Prophet ﷺ said, Allah is more sublime and exalted. Allahu a'la wa ajal. And mightier as well. So this is what the Muslims said. Abu Sufyan said, Al-Uzza is ours. Uzza is another idol of theirs. They said, is ours. And you have no Uzza. Wala Uzza lakum. The Prophet ﷺ said, why don't you reply? They said, what should we say? He said, say, Allah is our protector and you have no protector. Abu Sufyan, then he didn't know what to say because obviously what the Muslim said was better. Right? So he said, today is a vengeance for Badr. This for that. War is attended with alternate success. Meaning once we are victorious and another time you are victorious. Once we suffer loss and the other time you suffer loss. Umar's reply was no. They are not the same. Our killed men are housed in Jannah and yours are in the fire. So Abu Sufyan said, come out Umar. Because he wanted to talk to him. Because they were yelling at each other from far. So the messenger of Allah said, go and see what the matter is. Meaning he allowed Umar to go. So he went. He asked him, that, tell me, by Allah's name, have we killed Muhammad? Umar said, by Allah, no. And he is listening to your words. Abu Sufyan said, I consider you to be more truthful than Ibn Qamira, who said that he had killed Muhammad. And at this point, Abu Sufyan, he said, that we will meet again at Badr next year. He said, we will meet again at Badr next year. On the same date as this, next year we will meet at Badr. Why do you think he said Badr? Because they suffered defeat over there, right? So he wanted to be victorious at Badr. So 
the Prophet ﷺ said to the Muslims that say, yes, it is an appointment for both of us. Meaning, yes, we will meet. So the Muslims had suffered great injuries and wounds at the Battle of Uhud. And one year from then, what happened? They got ready to go to Badr to fulfill their promise and fight Abu Sufyan because that was an appointment that they had made. Now there are injuries that you get over with in a day or two, in a week or two, in months. But there are some injuries that it takes years for you to heal. Isn't it so? So, مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا أَصَابَهُمُ الْقَرْحِ And especially if you've had a bad experience, let's say you took an exam, you failed at it, even though it is a mandatory exam, you don't have the guts to take it again for two years, three years sometimes. Isn't it so? Because, you know, when you failed, you were so traumatized that you can't even think of facing it again. But the Muslims had to go for battle one year after that, and they went. But when they got there, Abu Sufyan never showed up. So Allah praises the Muslims. الَّذِينَ اسْتَجَابُوا لِلَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا أَصَابَهُمُ الْقَرْحِ لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا مِنْهُمْ Those who did ihsan among them, وَاتَّقَوْا And they were fearful. For them is أَجْرٌ عَظِيمٌ A great reward. Because tell me, when can a person get up when their wounds are bleeding? When their body is aching? When they're exhausted? When they're limping? When their hand is paralyzed? When can they get up? When they have the fear of Allah. When they do ihsan. When they want extra reward from Allah. So they're beautiful in their actions. And ihsan, one of the meanings, part of the meaning of ihsan is to perfectly and completely do what you're required to do. To not just do the job, but to do it in the best way, in the perfect way. So they didn't just sign up for Uhud, they had signed up for any expedition that Allah tells them to go to. So even when they were wounded, they got up and they went. And we see that the Muslims have suffered a great test at Uhud and Allah tested them again soon after that. One injury after another. One test after another. You have barely recovered from the first that you're tested again. And you wonder... Am I really evil? Am I really sinful? Is Allah really upset with me? Am I really a criminal? What did I do? And shaitan puts negative thoughts in our hearts. No, don't think like that. Allah is just elevating you in your reward inshallah. Do istighfar, do tawbah, rectify your actions, but think positive thoughts as well. Allah says those who do ihsan among them, they have fear of Allah, for them is a great reward. So we see that when a person claims to love Allah, then Allah will definitely test him. Not through normal conditions, but through very difficult conditions sometimes. When you're aching and you're hurting and you're bleeding and you're suffering. And we see that the Sahaba, when they respond grudgingly, they're, really, we have to go again? Come on! Did they show any hesitation, any reluctance? Not at all. They did ihsan. They got up and they went. They walked all those 13 kilometers or rode all those 13 kilometers. They went. But what happens if we are a little sleepy because we got to sleep only 7 hours at night and not 9? How do we get up? How do we walk? How do we respond? You know, think about it. Sometimes how do we walk to Salatul Fajr? As if we have no energy. Seriously, I cannot understand. Why is it? Why is it that we walk like this? Be a woman, be a man. Like seriously, be strong. You're going to Allah. You had a good rest on a comfortable bed. Why are we being so lazy? 
The sahaba were bleeding, they were injured. They responded with ihsan. They didn't hesitate. الَّذِينَ قَالَ لَهُمُ النَّاسِ They were those to whom the people said, إِنَّ النَّاسَ قَدْ جَمَعُوا لَكُمْ That the people have gathered to you. Remember that man who came and frightened the Muslims? Abu Sufyan is coming with his army. فَخْشَوْهُمْ So fear them. They were trying to frighten the Muslims. But what happened to the Muslims? فَزَادَهُمْ إِمَانًا Instead, they increased in their iman. It's like when you have a huge challenge to face and you're told that it's even bigger. فَزَادَهُمْ إِمَانًا Some people, they have a burst of adrenaline. I mean, they're infused with energy. And other people, they get drained. Who is infused with energy at realizing that the challenge is much greater? The one who doesn't have fear in his heart. The one who relies upon Allah. The one who is confident about what he's doing. Who knows that he is in the right. Who wants to do it. Who has a higher goal. Exactly. When someone has a higher goal, when they realize the challenge is greater than they previously thought, they become more energetic. And someone who does not have that goal, if they find out that the challenge is slightly greater, they say, I'm sorry, I can't do it. They give up. The Sahaba were not afraid. فَزَادَهُمْ إِمَانًا وَقَالُوا And they said, حَسْبُنَ اللَّهِ Sufficient for us is Allah. وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلِ And how excellent is He as the wakil? Who is wakil? From Wau Kaflam, someone on whom tawakkul is done. A trustee, someone who is appointed to administer the affairs of someone, to manage them. So Allah, we rely upon. We don't rely upon ourselves. So we see that the mushrikeen, they tried to frighten the Muslims, but their scare tactics did not work. Instead, the iman of the believers increased. Why did it increase? Because they said, حَسْبُنَ اللَّهِ Allah is enough for us. And when a person believes in this, that Allah is enough for me, then he has the courage to continue. Then he doesn't look at his weakness. He looks at the power of Allah. He doesn't depend on his strength. He hopes in the help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hasbun Allah. Ibrahim alayhi when he was thrown in the fire, what did he say? Hasbi Allah. And Allah told the fire, Ya narukuni bardan wa salam. Be coolness and peace for Ibrahim alayhi And that happened. He came out of the fire unharmed. Completely unharmed. So the Sahaba, their reaction was also, حَسْبُنَ Allah, Sufficient for us is Allah. وَنِعْمَ wakil, And how excellent is He as wakil. And the fact is, that only Allah is sufficient for us. Not our numbers, not our strength, not our resources, not the people who are with us, only Allah. Only He is sufficient for us. Allah says to the Prophet, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّبِي حَسْبُكَ اللَّهُ وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَكَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah is enough for you and also for those who follow you from among the believers. Allah will help them too. Allah will assist them too. فَانْقَلَبُوا So they returned. بِنِعْمَةَ مِنَ اللَّهُ With blessing from Allah. وَفَضْلُ And also bonus reward. They came back with their honor, their wealth, all secure, their morale, their confidence really increased. فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ and فَضْلٍ What does this فَضْل refer to? The reward for jihad without even participating in jihad. When they came back, they came back as those who had participated in the battle, 
But there was no battle that was fought on that day. Because when a person intends to do something, takes the steps towards it, puts in the effort to do it, then even though he is not able to do it, he is not able to complete it, Allah still rewards him for it. You know that? You know that? Now you know. That if a person intends to do something, takes the steps towards it, puts in the effort, whatever reason he's not able to do it, then Allah will still reward him as though he had done it. In the Qur'an we learn that when a person goes out to migrate, right, he leaves his home, migrating for the cause of Allah, and on the way he dies, he never really ends up going to the place where he wanted to go to. But still, he is rewarded for hijrah, the way others did hijrah. Likewise, in a hadith we learn that if a servant of Allah falls sick or goes on a journey, then he continues to be rewarded for the good deeds that he used to do when he was healthy or at home. Because if he was healthy, he would have done it. If he was at home, he would have done it. But because the circumstances did not allow him, that's the only reason why he didn't do it. So Allah will still reward him fully. The Prophet ﷺ said, He who intends to do a good deed, but he does not do it, then Allah records it for him as a full good deed. So they came back as though they had participated in another battle. Their reward was multiplied from the day before. Imagine, لَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ And the best part, no evil had touched him. وَاتَّبَعُوا رِضْوَانَ اللَّهِ And they pursued the pleasure of Allah. And did they get it? Yes, they did. وَاللَّهُ ذُو فَضْلٍ عَظِيمٍ And Allah is possessor of great bounty. Meaning, Allah rewards generously. You take one step towards Allah, Allah will reward you abundantly. Allah kept them safe, boosted up their confidence and their morale, re-energized them. Their fear was gone. The enemy was averted completely. Allah is ذو fadlin azim. So what's the main lesson we learn? That when it comes to pursuing the pleasure of Allah, let's do our best. Don't let your wounds prevent you. Don't let your fatigue stop you. Don't let your sleep stop you. No, do it. Keep striving, keep struggling. And you will have to struggle initially and eventually it becomes easier. And when you go, Allah will make it easy. They left to fight. But did they have to fight? No, they did not. Allah saved them. So likewise, it may happen with you that you find out there is a test. And you say, no, I can't prepare for it. So I'm skipping class. And you skip class. You don't go. Who's going to suffer? You will. You're missing out. But if you say, no, I have to do it. And you go. And you find out the test is next week. Right? So Allah helps you when you go out in His way. So don't stay back. Never stay back. So the next time you're hurting, don't miss class. And remember the companions. Recitation. Al-lazina istajabu lillahi wal-rasool min ba'di ma asabahumu al-qarr lillazina ahsanu minhum wattaqaw ajrun azim الَّذِينَ قَالَ لَهُمُ النَّاسُ إِنَّ النَّاسَ قَدْ جَمَعُوا لَكُمْ فَاخْشَوْهُمْ فَزَادَهُمْ إِيمَانًا فَزَادَهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَقَالُوا حَسْبُنَا اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ لَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ سُوءٌ 